1981 it was when George Lucas and Steven Spielberg introduced the world to the greatest archaeologist adventurer in cinema. A character who had a very specific look and energy and some very helpful music from John Williams to paint a picture of him. Yes, the inimitable Indiana Jones made his big screen debut in the summer of 1981 in the Oscar-winning Raiders of the Lost Ark, a film that not only cemented Harrison Ford's status as a bona fide movie star, but forever changed the landscape of blockbuster cinema. A series of successful sequels followed, the latest of which is currently shooting in London, but the magic of seeing Indy on screen for the first time has never quite been equaled, I think it's safe to say. But how did Indiana Jones come about? What makes him so special? And just how difficult a time did Lucas and Spielberg have making Raiders of the Lost Ark? Some of the questions that Chris Wasser is going to answer for me this evening. (laughs) But we start out with the fact that he nearly wasn't Indiana Jones at all, Chris. He originally, Sean, was Indiana Smith, which is a fine name, but I don't think it has the same ring to it. No, uh, John Williams would never have come up with music like that for uh, Indiana Smith. No, I worry that Indiana Smith might have uh, had something like a folk soundtrack, but uh, that was the name that George Lucas put down in his notebook. That's where it all began when he wanted to make a series of films. He's always kind of, you know, running before he can walk. He's always thinking of a franchise before a single film, but he had this idea in his head to build this trilogy of films that would sort of be a throwback to the type of pictures that he grew up watching in the 1930s and 1940s. He basically wanted to create his own, you know, contemporary matinee idol. You know, he was thinking along the lines of Book Rogers and Zorro, and he wanted to even combine, um, you know, some character traits of Don Winslow, James Bond, and to create a new action hero and put him in a, in a, in a classical, put him in a, a 1930s setting. Um, the only problem was, while he was developing this character and while he was imagining what sort of adventures he would get up to on, or what, what, what sort of adventures Indiana Smith would get up to, he was also distracted by a little space opera that he was creating so he was working on Flash Gordon Forced couldn't get the rights there so he thought I'll make my own started up Star Wars and Indiana Smith had to go on the shelf but even then I mean this is in 1973 that he started thinking Mm. about it we wouldn't get an Indiana Jones film until 1981, but as the years went on, he he actually talked, this is George Lucas, he talked to other filmmakers like Peter Kaufman, who gave us the right stuff and the uh, the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He met with Spielberg and a few of the screenwriters. He was always talking about it, yeah. always developing the character. But what's interesting is that he never actually had a screenplay, even when he first sat down with Spielberg mm. and they talked about it. They actually talked about it for the first time while George Lucas was taking a holiday in Hawaii. Yeah, tell and- me, because Spielberg and Lucas at this stage, Lucas, as you said had 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 Star Wars and Spielberg had had close encounters of the third kind by this this point in time as well they were great buddies how did how did you know how did Lucas then bring it from the point of here's just another idea that I have because he was a great man for ideas there were several of them flying around his head at any time that's right and he still is a great man for ideas but he always needs someone to rein him in you know as we saw from the Star Wars prequel sometimes he can go a bit he can fly a bit too close to the sun but himself and Spielberg were good friends Uh, when Spielberg was making Close Encounters George Lucas was making Star Wars 
and it's hard to believe now that both men thought they were basically sitting on flops and they actually took a bet on whose film would make more money and whoever's film made more money they had to give the other person a percentage of the profits so let's just say Sean both men ended up very rich in that situation <laughs> but they were actually uh, sitting on, they, they went on this trip to Hawaii the, the, the month that Star Wars opened they started talking about you know George Lucas started talking about his idea for Indiana Smith and Spielberg was a little bit hesitant because he thought look it kind of sounds George like you're, you're, you want to make a Disneyland ride you don't want to make a movie but at the same time Spielberg was interested in moving away from sci-fi moving away from action horror he kind of well not moving away from action he wanted to make a James Bond film so that's why Lucas said look I've got this character I've got this idea and they went to work they took Peter Kaufman's mm. ideas uh, that I said you know George was, was meeting with years earlier uh, Spielberg hired this uh, uh, up and coming screenwriter Lawrence Kasdan who uh, had impressed him had impressed Spielberg with this uh, um, uh, romantic comedy called Continental Divide and then of course he would go on to write The Empire Strikes Back and they gave basically Lawrence Kasdan all of these ideas and said put them together put them in a story for us please and the story he gave us um, or the beginnings of the story that he gave us at any rate is Raiders of the Lost Ark in in a a 40 seconds gave me give me the the potted version of Raiders of the Lost Ark what are we talking about we are talking about a film set in 1936 Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones he is a handsome professor academic by day and a handsome adventurer by night and when we first meet him he has just lost the golden idol in Peru in a Peruvian temple to his archaeologist rival Prey Belloc and when he gets back to America he finds uh, some US intelligence agents sitting in his office and they say to him listen Indiana we have, you know, reason to believe that Adolf Hitler is after the Ark of the Covenant, and he believes that if he gets his hands on the Ark of the Covenant, he will be able to create this invincible army. And the only person we can think of who can find the Ark before Hitler is you. So we want you to go and get it. And off he goes to Egypt, meets up with his friend Salah, played by John Rhys-Davies, who explains what is happening with the German search for the Ark of the Covenant in this clip. <laughs> I knew the Germans would hire you, Salah. You're the best digger in Egypt. My services are entirely inconsequential to them. You've hired or shanghaied every digger in Cairo. The excavation is enormous. They hire only strongbacks and they pay pennies for them. It is as if the pharaohs had returned. When did they find the map room? Three days ago. They have not one brain among them. Except one. He's very clever. He's a French archaeologist. What's his name? Well, they call him Baloche. <laughs> Belloc. Belloc. The Germans have a great advantage over us. They are near to discovering the Well of Souls. Well, they're not going to find it without this. Who can tell us about these markings? Perhaps a man I know can help us. Indeed. There is something that troubles me. What is it? The Ark. If it is there, Atanis, then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. Death has always surrounded it. It is not of this earth. In spooky land. Salah, played by John Rhys Davis, there uh, in a clip from Raiders of the Lost Ark, turns 40. It'll be 40 years ago this summer it was in cinemas for the first time, and Chris Wasser is helping us celebrate that 40th anniversary this evening. So we have a great idea from George Lucas, um, good screenplay from Lawrence Caston, uh, a not bad director, has to be admitted, in Steven Spielberg, <laughs> uh, some pretty amazing music from John Williams. 
Could there be an Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford? There almost was, Sean. Um, I think when it came to the casting of Indiana, uh, Indiana, let's 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 remember that he is this regular guy who also happens to be a brilliant professor and a brilliant uh, architect, uh, you know, and a brilliant archaeologist and a brilliant adventurer. But he's still, you know, there's an everyman quality about him. So mm. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, they wanted someone who could, you know, uh, uh, portray that on screen. They didn't want a movie star. They didn't want someone with this huge reputation behind them. And they actually started to uh, uh, make contact with Tom Selleck and Selleck was cast I mean the job was his and he had screen tested with Karen Allen and he was all ready to go the only problem was that he had actually shot the pilot for a little show called Magnum P.I. and his contract stated that he had to remain available uh, if Magnum P.I. was was picked up and, he, and Lucas and Spielberg actually went to the studio behind uh, Magnum P.I. and they said can you release this guy from the contract because we really want him but that only went sideways for them because the studio CBS then realised oh Tom Selleck's in demand let's give Magnum P.I. a full series so Tom Selleck lost out there. So it was Harrison Ford was actually maybe the third or fourth choice. They looked right. at Jeff Bridges too. Um, I, it was it was Harrison Ford's work um, on The Empire Strikes Back, which had already filmed at this stage. Spielberg yeah. had seen the dailies and he thought, "Here's our man. He yeah. you know he, he has some great dramatic qualities about him. You know he's very good with romance too. He's he's quite good. He has this thing about him that he's a terrific actor, but he's always about a second away." it seems, yeah. from winking at the camera. And that's what we need from Indiana Jones. That, that's exactly what's needed from Indiana Jones. And Indiana Jones with a big black moustache, I'm not quite so <laughs> sure about that one, Tom. Although he's a fine actor, it would have to be said. Um, the, uh, the So we have the goodies. Uh, uh, although Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones, he kind of has that uh, kind of charming roguishness about oh, yeah. him, uh, which is helpful to the character. We, we need a, a baddie in here and Balosh, as Salah would call him, or Balok, as uh, Indiana would call him. That's where we get our, one of our many baddies in this film. Yeah, I mean, Indy is, is, is constantly coming up and you see this in the sequels as well across a, a, a string of baddies who basically always want this thing in a temple where that, that will help them to create armies or that will make them invincible, that will make them live forever. And Indy always has this thing about him that Ford is very good at of just kind of going, oh, I suppose I'll go in and I'll save the day here. So it's never really been about the baddies and, you, mm. and you've never really... The, the weird thing about these films, despite the fact that you are totally invested in them and you, you care about what happens to Indiana Jones... There's never really any danger you sense that, you know, or you never really feel as though Indiana Jones is in any danger. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Indiana Jones, it's a live action cartoon. Spielberg was never making this po-faced, you know, adventure film. He was never making an adventure film for the times that, you know, for, for 1981. He was making a film that could have been released in the 1930s. I mean, when you look at that original poster for Indiana Jones, he's got the bullwhip, he's got the satchel and the fedora. His shirt is open, revealing this beautifully tanned chest. And the, and even the lettering above, you know, in bold red and yellow. You're, you're being told straight away when you go into the cinema, don't worry about the baddies. Don't worry, this fella's got it. And he, and he always did. And he always did. And I think that's what made the film so so brilliant that there was always this self-awareness that we are making a bit of a cartoon here but we're going to make it very, very well. Yeah, and, and I suppose the baddies are, there's a bit of a cartoonish quality to them but Belloc played by Paul Freeman quite cleverly tries to identify with Indiana to get him on side in this scene. You and I are very much alike. Archaeology is our religion. Yet we have both fallen from the pure faith. Our methods have not differed as much as you pretend. I am a shadowy reflection of you. It will take only a nudge to make you like me, to push you out of the light. Now you're getting nasty. 
You know it's true. How nice. Look at this. It's worthless. Ten dollars from a vendor in the street. But I take it and bury it in the sand for a thousand years, it becomes priceless. Like the ark. Men will kill for it. Men like you and me. What about your boss, Der Fuhrer? I thought he was waiting to take possession. All in good time. When I'm finished with it. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. And it's within my reach. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. I've got nothing better to do. Yes, a scene there from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Paul Freeman as Belloc and Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones being saved by a bundle of kids at the end of that, it would seem. Uh, Karen Allen plays the character of Marion here who, who had she had a lot of great ideas around how that character could be fleshed out and been given a bit more dimension than it actually gets in the film, but uh, they were thrown away by Spielberg. They were thrown away by Spielberg, which is an absolute shame. Uh, Karen Allen, when she signed on to play the part of Marion, who is an old acquaintance of Indiana, who, I mean, the story, it's its actually, its it, the story's a bit dodgy, Sean, to be honest. Um, we're, we're, we're led to believe in the film that Indiana studied under Marion's uh, father when he was studying to be uh, an archaeologist and that there might have been a romantic counter when she was underage. And it's this throwaway line where she says, I was just a child, but we don't actually get a sense of, did something happen? Did he run away from, 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 from something happening? What did happen, basically? And Karen Allen, she actually devised this entire backstory for her character about her dad and maybe what happened between Marion and Indiana but it was all thrown away because it seemed mm. as though Spielberg was only interested Lucas in too big. in Indiana and in Belloc and in just you know the the, the, the adventure side of things and I, th- and I think it's a shame because they, they could have actually turned her into a proper character and they could have addressed what still is 40 years later a, 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 a part of the plot that doesn't really sit well with fans yeah. to be honest Does How difficult was it to make um, briefly on this one Chris? Um, it, it was a bit tough Sean uh, they were given just 70 days to work with $20 million mostly because Spielberg had a habit of always uh, running over time and budget um, they shot in Tunisia Hawaii France England the problems occurred when they got to Tunisia where basically 150 cast and crew members including Harrison came down with a bad case of dysentery which they got from drinking the local water and eating the local food and for weeks the shoot was just it was a horrendous place to work and you can actually see some scenes in this film where Harrison he's not sweating he's not you know like reeling from a fight that he just had with, with, with the enemy he's he's mm. a very unwell man and what, what was weird about it was that Spielberg he had actually ordered in cans of tin food from England before the shoot so he was one of the only people on set he was standing behind the camera saying I'm fine let's get you know yeah. I, I hope everyone's going to be okay but let's keep going so it was a bit tough and it, it, it resulted in some not to spoil the film for anybody but it, it resulted in some continuity errors which you can still spot to this day in the final act I'm glad to know that I have something in common with Steven Spielberg I'm about to run over time on this item but just one <laughs> brief last question uh, on it are any of the sequels any match to Raiders of the Lost Ark and what about the new one? 
they come pretty close, Sean. I think uh, Lost Crusades. Um, I, look, I think bringing in Sean Connery at one stage to play his father—that was inspired casting. That was magical. The second film for me, it kind of you know tone-wise, it's a bit dodgy. The fourth one, I don't, I don't even want to mention it. But you know, look, as a trilogy of films, I still enjoy watching these every Christmas, as I'm sure an awful lot of other households do. It's sort of a tradition at this stage. Um, they are fine films. But yeah. I don't think anything ever comes close to the fourth one because there was a sense that everybody involved was doing something that hadn't been done before, and in actually uh, trying to make a film that was a trope back to the 1930s and 1940s Spielberg accidentally created a whole new genre of adventure films and that's that's not something that happens a second or third yeah. time so it's always the first for me and we'll see the, the sequel or the new one that we will in next July, summer July, yep. next summer alright uh, Chris Wasser talking to us about Raiders of the Lost Ark released in cinemas 40 years ago this summer